and I want to honor each one of you here knowing that you took this evening to set aside your personal time to come in here into the sanctuary to hear what the Father has to say to you. Amen? Amen and amen. So, Lamar, I'm going to ask you to stay with me on this. This was a shift. I didn't know what was going on. I was, I was woken up. Whoa! I was woken up this morning, and uh, no, two, day, two mornings ago before we went on our, our, our getaway. And the Lord had, had me pull a prophecy. And uh, I said, okay. And I, I'm at, at a point right now, I don't ask him anything anymore. Mm. He just tells me what to do. I said, okay. And I wait on him. And so this uh, afternoon, getting ready to come over here, the Lord said, pull the prophecy out. I thought, okay. I didn't ask him anything else. I brought it with me. And then all of a sudden, the Lord reminded me, I don't know the entirety of this prophecy, except that I know it's going to tie in with what Pastor Renato has to share with us today. Amen. So today I have the privilege of sharing the pulpit with my brother in the faith. And we're going to release this prophetic word into your spirit man tonight. So those of you that are on stream, on live with us, gird yourself up for this word. This word is for you. I said, this word is for you and for everyone in the sanctuary. And those of you who want to get a double portion, as we always say, you can, uh, you can uh, go back and review this prophecy that God is releasing. And, you know, we've stepped into this, this decade of 2020. And the beginning of the year 2021, God said it would be a year of consecration. This also, he indicated, be a decade of consecration where he would begin ministering to the hearts of his people from his heart. And if you listen to what's going on out on the stream through the true apostles and prophets whom God has raised up, I said, in whom God's raised up, not those who went out and filled the application to be an apostle or to be a prophet or to be a, a pastor, those in whom God has raised up, and I'm doing this all in love. Listen how the Spirit of God is speaking the same message. This decade of consecration. He, it's this clarion call to draw us closer to Him. He's emphasizing and emphasizing the fact that He wants intimacy with us as His bride. Hello, as his bride. Amen. And as we, we consecrate ourselves, as we separate ourselves unto God and get alone with him, as we continue to uh, get into that prayer closet to find time of intimacy with him, God will speak to you. And I want to release this because this is what part of Genesis Upper Church is, the ministry of the Holy Spirit here. It's a prophetic ministry. And I want to just tell you, I know what I know. That when you get along with God, although you may hear a man or woman prophesy to you, you get along with God. God will prophesy to you. I said, God will speak to you. You separate yourself unto him, get along with him, and inquire of him. He'll talk to you in a prophetic language. Amen? So tonight we want to release this. And I was just sharing with Pastor Renato this prophecy. I don't know what he's got in here. I don't. But as I was staying, the Lord said, he's going to network this. He's going to net it together with the message that uh, Pastor Renato, that the Lord has given Pastor Renato for tonight. So are you ready for prophetic release? No, I got to know that I know that I know that I know that I know that you're ready for prophetic release. So if you're ready for prophetic release, let me know right now in Jesus' mighty name. Uh, all right. Hallelujah. And as every prophecy that comes forth, not only individually to us by the Spirit of God, but also a prophetic, prophetic word that comes forth from the heart of the Father corporately, understand it's personal. God makes every prophetic word spoken 
to us personal. So we can join in this as a body of Christ or as a bride of Christ as one, but we can also receive this personal as one-on-one from the heart of the Father. Are you ready? This is Dad's heart to us tonight. He's talking to you personally. Those of you online, get a hold of this. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. My beloved, I ask you to turn your hearts to the door I have opened in preparation for the call I have placed upon your lives. It is within the full and complete work that was displayed to the life of the Christ, my only begotten Son. As he gave up his life and turned his spirit over to me so that the understanding of eternal love would be witnessed by all humanity. My reference to his work was to verify, to prove, to prove of my unconditional love for you. From the very beginning, I used the lives of my male servant and my handmaidens as prophets to speak and to operate under the government of my kingdom precepts. All for the edification, the perfecting, the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry that come from my spirit for the edifying, the building up of my precious body, those who belong to my Christ. As his possession, I am preparing a work in each one of you, my beloved, such as the world has never seen. And I will execute, I will carry out to perform my plan through the ancient of age, my beloved son. At this time, my people need to know with understanding that as I release my word to the mouths of my servants during this end time move of mine, I am purposing the instructions that would fit your lifestyles as my priests called by me and fashioned by me for this direct call to righteousness and holiness that will encompass, excuse me, encompass nations. As I draw my people to the altar of repentance, you will witness an outbreak of divine inspiration for a Holy Spirit resurrection power encounter to revive my people, to recover their consciousness to what is holy and is what of a divine order to righteousness, to defibrillate to stimulate and to restore the heartbeat to a people who do not know me as I am to be known. My God. From this one encounter, my spirit will be released in, this, in his assignment with resurrection power that will move with adoption upon every soul for the intention that their name would be written in my Lamb's book of life. Tonight, what I have prepared for you is now in motion. And it will exceed beyond your own ability to ask or to think of me. 
I, the great I am, make it known to you that I move on behalf of every prayer of yours. Somebody needs to hear this. I move on behalf of every prayer of yours, beloved. Hear my words spoken tonight. Listen to what God's servant is going to speak to us tonight, saints. To those prayers that fit and purpose your lives to the conditions that are before you, I am in them right now, says the Lord. I am positioned to deliver into your hands the infallible proof with a demonstration of power that have set you in a place of mind, redeeming mercy and grace for you to take possession of every prophetic promise I have spoken through the mouths of my servants. My words released through every nation, every country, and every region. Hold steadfast and hear what my spirit is saying to the, to the church, my bride, at this time. And position yourselves to take possession, to seize for a tangible experience something you will be able to touch with the physical proof of all that I have spoken, says the Lord of hosts. I am moving now in the midst of thee. I am moving with a purpose and a plan to bring you to a place of complete understanding where you will walk by faith and not by sight, where you will overcome the works of doubt and unbelief, even those assignments that the enemy is now purposing in your minds. And I will deliver unto you a sure word of prophecy that will exercise and execute a divine purpose and to show you the path that I have put before you, says the Lord. Tonight, my beloved, embrace what is being presented and knowing that in this prophecy and in the message I am to release to my servant, says God, will come an anointing, a fresh impartation of my spirit that will bring you into a complete understanding of who I am and what I'm calling you unto, says the Spirit of the living God. Can somebody receive that tonight? I said, can somebody receive that tonight? In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So with a great big thanksgiving and God blessing, let's call Pastor Renato up and see what God has for him. Hallelujah. Woo. Power of prophecy. Lord is good. He always... With that wonderful, beautiful word that he just spoke to us, he just tells us, he shows his love that he has for us, for his sons and daughters. It's very powerful. As I was listening, I said, Father, I'm receiving what you're telling me right now. And by faith, I'd like to take action, Father. And in the spirit, I said, I'll take a step forward. And Father, I position myself not to do whatever I want in this free will that you gave me. But Father, I position myself to do your will. And I only ask that your will is revealed in my life and those that surround me, Father God. 
those who are next to me, Father God, I just ask, Father God, that, that your will is, it's been, it's, it's been released in our lives, that we are tempted, that we are paying attention, attention, and we are listening to what you are calling us to do, to position ourselves for this time, for the, for the end times, to really position ourselves and move from our previous position of allowing the enemy to come in and, and, and deposit doubt. But tonight, Father God, I praise you. We praise you, Father God. We give you all honor and glory to you, Father God. That you could call us, Father God, to position ourselves in your word, Father God. Father, I pray right now, Father God. That everyone that is watching tonight, Father God, that is in the live stream, and those who are here in the sanctuary, that we willingly yield our hearts, Father God. We yield to you, Father God. That you come and deposit your word, your love, your knowledge, your wisdom, and understanding in our spirit, man, Father God. You have, you have chosen us by name, called us by name, Father God. And you know that we are a good soil, Father God. That because we abide in you, Father God. Amen. That we are part of this branch, this part of you, Father God, of the vine, Father God. That will bring fruit forward, Father God. Fruit of your spirit, Father God. Holy Spirit, just come and do what only you can do in us, for us and through us, Holy Spirit. We welcome you in this place, your house. We bless your name, Father God. Amen. I asked Abba Dad, what, what, what is the title for tonight, Father? And the title is Free Will and Prayer Conditioning. Can everyone hear me? Free will and prayer conditioning. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, when I ask him about will, everybody knows that he has, he has given us free will. Yes? Yes. Amen. Before we met him, before he called us by name, we know what we used that free will to do, what we did in, the, in our past. So there's two... There's two persons here that I found in, in, in the Bible that I want to go back and reference to. And one of them is Nicodemus. Well, we can find in John 3, 1 to 21. It's titled The New Birth. There was a man of, of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. These men came to Jesus by the night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered, he answered him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, 
he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from it, where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Verse 10. Jesus answered back to him and said, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know and testify of what we have seen. And you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will, I be how will you believe if I tell you the heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man, who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so much, even so must the Son of the Man be lifted up. If we keep, if we read the chapter completely, chapter 10, 10 3, John 3, we continue to understand. What how he came to talk to Jesus. And Nicodemus heard of Jesus, heard of the things that he was doing, but yet he still didn't believe what was taking place because he was a teacher of the law. He, he read the scriptures. He knew what the, law, what the law represented and what to do. But when he heard of Jesus, how he spoke, how the glory was being manifested here on earth because Jesus was in miracles, signs, and wonders. It's interesting to me that knowing Nicodemus, the position that he held back in those days as a teacher of the Jews, of Israel, he didn't want to be seen on the light, you know, coming to Jesus and actually approach him and ask him, hey, I got some questions. Can we get together? He actually approached him during the nighttime. Isn't that nice that he approached him at nighttime? That, that's a time where he, <clears throat> so many times the Bible tells us that at nighttime Jesus apart himself from everybody to talk to that. So this is an example of how Nicodemus waited until at nighttime to come and approach him and, and ask him all these things. How can, we, how, how can this be what you're teaching? How can it be? So can you imagine how many decades did Nicodemus spend studying and studying the word, knowing the law, teaching others, but not knowing what he truly meant, how to apply it, how it was intended to be applied to every believer's life. It had to be manifested. I can imagine Nicodemus, after he had a, that deep conversation with Jesus, going home, baffling in his mind that, wow, I have spent so many days, 
so many so much time most likely his whole life would studying it and yet it baffled him that he couldn't understand what Jesus was saying that we needed to be born again of water and of the spirit whose spirit his spirit his living spirit amen The second person that I'd like to share with you is the woman, the, the woman of, of the wealth. In John 4, 5, it says, So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sikar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave his son, Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus there, therefore, being weary, from his journey, sat down, sat by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is that, How is that you, being a Jew, ask me a drink? From me? A Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealing with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it, and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you will have asked, asked him, and he will have given you living water. Then the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with and and the well is deep. Where then do you get the living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? Who gave us, this, who gave us the well and drank from itself, as well as his sons and his livestock? 13. Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of, of the water that I shall give that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water, spring, of water springing up in everlasting life. See, the conversation they're having about the water, the first thing she looks at him like, you don't even have the tools to draw the water. Again, sometimes we get in that mind, mind, mindset the state of mind that we don't have the tools, we want to look for the resources, the natural resources, that what can we do? There's nothing that we're able to do in the natural. We always have to fall back and ask Abba, ask Jesus to come into the scene. Amen. We need water from you. Yes, we can't rely on, 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 on our strength. See, everything that is good inside of us, it comes from Him, from His living water, from His spring, from His well. Not man-made well, but from His well. Amen? On 17, the woman answered and said, I have no husband, 
Jesus said to her, you will sit. Oh. I love my dad. You know, every time that we give more of ourselves, he pours more of himself, more into us. Well, we, we know that the fingerprints that we have, they're unique. Nobody has, no one has the same set of fingerprints, not, not even identical twins, right? So that uniqueness, to me, that's him. That's the uniqueness of him that shines through us. That we have to allow him to direct our life, to direct the way we think, the way we pray, the way we conduct ourselves on a daily basis. Amen? Amen. Jesus was so loving that he knew that the Samaritans and the Jews did not dialogue. They had no dealings with each other. But he put that thing, he put that aside and he came and talked to her kindly and offer him, offer her the gift of God, of that living water. He asked a question, bring your husband. He says, I don't have a husband. <laughs> I don't have a husband. I'm like, and what did he say? You answered truthfully. She was truthful to Jesus. He said, yes, because you have had five, and the one you are with is not your husband. I think that's part of our will, that when he comes and approaches, part of our free will is to, are we going to hide? Are we going to pretend he's not calling us? Are we going to pretend he's not knocking on our door? No. I think we are past that point. I think that our will to be surrendered so that his will becomes our will. So many times, even in, even in this time, men still battle, still argue about who do you worship? I worship this God. You worship that God. And those, even that, there was a division even with the Samaritans and the Israelites. Because the Israelites would say, if you're going to worship God, you have to be in Israel. You have to be in this mountain. And the Samaritans had a, 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 brought up a different teaching where, where they're like, no, it has to be here. I'm like, how can we go there? We're not allowed to be there. And Jesus said, there's going to be an, an, an hour in time we're neither here or there, but you will, you're going to be able to worship God. Amen. Amen. So I praise God that we're 
our generation, your generations, and the generations um, after you have that liberty, have that freedom to worship the true living God. That we don't have to be in a certain place at a certain time of the year to be able to worship. You don't have to be in a certain condition to be able to worship. What do you have to be, what do you have to do? You have to be willing. You have to be willing. I remember last time I spoke, and I said, if you ever find yourself in a knee, get to your knees, and every need will be met. <laughs> That's what this pure reminder there. <laughs> so I, I, I love that. I love that we, that we need to come to that understanding that we have to have that willingness to come and bow before the Father. You know, we spend the time, I spend, it, I spend the time putting it together, writing, reading. But he's shifting. He's shifting it because I could go word for word. But says, my son, that uniqueness, myself, Allow me to speak. Allow me to speak to my sons and my daughters. Let me come to their hearts. Tell them that I love them. Tell them that I'm well pleased that their heart is willing to come to my house and to worship me, to adore me in spirit and in truth. He knows that we, we, we're, our flesh, the side of our flesh, it, it gets tired. It gets tired. It just sometimes you just don't want to get up or you don't want to take that extra two hours because we know, we know the time frame. But he's so well pleased that you listen to his voice. He is so well pleased that you choose to be in this house, in this well, where the waters flow, where the waters rise. Sometimes we come into a, to a building, to a church, to a ministry, thinking that into a certain moment, that's when I'm going to receive. But God said this, my son and my daughter, what you were asking of me, you had received it because you asked with faith. Yes. You had already asked for it. You had already presented my, to, on my altar. And I'm telling you, I am moving before you. Hallelujah. I'm moving yes. in behalf of you, your loved ones. Those petitions that you put before me, on, I say, yes, yes. my son, yes. I will move. My favor is upon your life, my daughter, on your life. I'm honoring you, your willingness to surrender to me. I'm honoring you, my son. I'm honoring you, my daughter. See the burden, this is what the burden that men put on you. It's too much. Yes. 
Their prayer goals are too much. Their agendas, they're out there. But you see the moment that your heart chose to be here, chose to seek me, chose to look for my will, for my favor, to bless you, to make a way. That's all that I require from you, that you put your heart You might not have done it physically, but in the spirit, you chose to prostrate before your father. Hallelujah. You know, when we, when we tie and when we offer, many times we look at it as, oh, it's a monetary thing. It's a financial thing. But no, it's your life. It's your life that you tie. It's your life that you are sowing. How can that be? Well, you go to work, it costs your time. Sometimes there's, there's aches in our body because of that labor intense that we have to put in. There's that stress that comes in. So that's suffering. So when we tie and when we offer, we are sowing back to him with our own life. We are offering him our own blood. We are, we are paying him back. And it's just. Father, just release, Father God, even He says, put your eyes on me. Do not look into what the news, do not look into what the world are saying or are declaring. For I am your provider. I am your healer. And I am your banner, says the Lord. He is our standard. And he is the one who's going to put every single provision. He's going to, he's meeting it now. And the first one that he's meeting is your spiritual need. Your spiritual need. Even for those who are, who haven't, or who have not yet, receive his gift of glycelia to speak in tongues he says tonight tonight receive it receive it with, I have put it in you from the moment I call you by your name thank you father you are so good father God yes father thank you father Yes, Father God. Mm. See, when we see Nicodemus in one, on one side and we see this Mary thing, Jesus spoke to both of them. He didn't hide nothing 
He didn't. Hide, he hasn't hide nothing from me when he called me by my name. And I do believe he hasn't hide nothing from you when he called you by your name. See, we had to make a decision on what to do when he called you. Yes? What did that woman of Samaritan did when she got called? And we, when God revealed, this is your life. But it's okay. Because I'm here for you. I'm here to give you living water. Her take on that was, wow. She was so amazed that she forgot her stuff at the well and just ran back. <laughs> not to tell one or two, not to tell her best friend, but to tell all those who were going to listen, who, who, she, who she had just met, the Messiah. The Messiah. And you know, some man and some woman believe her right away when she spoke. Hey, he told me everything who I am. And this is the gift that he gave me. This is the gift that he offered to me. And some of them were like, well, we need to meet him. We need to hear him. Amen? Amen. And I believe at one point in our lives, We've been that woman. Because when we receive that goodness of Jesus, that love, that kindness, that restoration, that renewal, the renewal of our mind, the renewal of our lives, what do we do? We went back, and to those that, we, that know us, we went and proclaimed his love, his understanding, his unlimited provision, his unlimited kindness, Love. He is, the, he is the only one that can truly not change us, but transform us. Amen? There's no... That there's no... Um, Sorry. <laughs> there's no negative. There's nothing bad. There's nothing yet that you're going to lose by choosing Jesus. Yes. Amen? Yes. There's no other way. There's no other gate. There's no other ladder. There's no other path to the kingdom of heaven except for Jesus, by Jesus. In order to get to Abba, in order to get to Daddy's house, you need to know Jesus. And Jesus will gladly say, these are the ones you gave me. These are the that came with me. See, another promise that he gives us is that when you give your life to him, he says, you and your house will be safe. Amen? Amen. And believe me, I have lived through various testimonies 
that even to those that in my life, in my family, that I thought I would never be able to speak to, speak to them about the salvation, he made a way. See, our, our hunger should be to always be listening to his voice. It's not our job. We should have that passion. Just the same way Jesus put that passion, that, the same way he demonstrated the passion that he had for his father, that passion that, that he wouldn't do nothing unless his father told him or showed him what to do. Everything that Jesus did here on earth, he only did it because he saw his dad do it. And the, and the wonderful part about that is that he didn't retain it for himself. Because for those who were given to him, he says, that I have given them what you gave me, power and authority. Amen? Not a little bit, not some of it, but the same. Dunamis power. Same power, same authority. There's no one else like Jesus that will allow you to a full 100% use his name. To what? To break, to destroy strongholds, sickness, any, any legal contract in the spirit, we have the authority to destroy it and to break it. Yes. Amen? Amen? See, when you came to be born again, did you know you were born again of water and spirit? Yes. Amen. And I said, Father, the water, that living water, where is it? It's in you. Those are springs. Why is it a river? Because it is continue flowing, continue going, continue cleaning you. You guys ever seen those rocks on the river? They start rough, and as they go down, they get smooth. Who do you think is that other rock next to you? <laughs> right? It's your brother. It's your sister in faith. We have to use, did you know that when you receive the Holy Spirit, you have all the gifts in you? You might not see them. You might not operate on them because you probably didn't know that they need to be activated. It needs to be shaken. It needs to be awakened. And we all, I know that you've been asking that to do a, a shift. I know that you've been asking that to do a change, a transformation, to do a move in your life, in different areas of your life. If that's you, you can raise your, you can raise your hand, your right hand, and say, that tonight, 
I activate, Father God, by faith in this spirit, Father God, every gift that you have put in me, Father God, to speak, to declare, to prophesy, Father God. For it is your power and authority that resides in me. Because in my heart, in my spirit, it is your dwelling place. You're the one who abides in me, Father God. So I ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and teach me. Teach me your ways. Always teach me your ways. So, so that I may glorify the Father. So that I may use the name of Jesus the correct way. In a way that his glory is manifested in our life. But it, that I can give it back to you at all times. There's other people in the Bible that wanted to purchase the gift. They wanted to purchase how to do it, how to prophesy, how to heal. They didn't have a good end. <laughs> they had no good ending. But you got to remember that you were chosen. And that gift is inside of you. That power is inside of you. And you will never lose it. The enemy has no power, no authority. There's no way that he can convince you that you don't have it anymore or that you have lost it. Amen? Yeah. It is yours. Amen. Hallelujah. This is what the word testify to what I'm what he's releasing, Romans 6, 4, 14. It says, Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the death by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of death, Certainly, we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, what we should no longer be a slave of sin, of sin, for he who has died has been free from sin. Now, if we die with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ having being raised from the death, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he had, that he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey, obey, obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to the sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin should not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, 
but under the grace. Amen? Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Thank you, Father. If we go to Isaiah 43, 18, 19. It reads this. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of, of the old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That's what he was speaking about. That he will make rivers in the desert. Sometimes we find ourselves in that mindset that we're in the desert, we're in that dry place. Why? Because the enemy never stops. The, the circumstances that you might be living through right now, it might feel like it's dry. It might feel like there's no way out. It, but God says that he has put those, the river, the living water inside of you. So whatever it, might, whatever it might present itself that looks dry, that there's no way, he says, even in the desert, I will make a road. Now remember, where did Moses meet God? In the desert, in the fire and bush. Where did Jesus went for 40 days? At the desert. Who was his provider? That. God, his father. So even in these circumstances, who's going to be your provider? God. That living water is inside of you. That's who, that's who, that's who we have to will to. To his water, to his living, to his power, to what he declares that we are able to do. Philippians 4.30 says we can do all things through Christ that lives in us. Amen? Amen. So remember, his power is inside of us. I have another version that says, Do not not remember the former things, nor consider the things of all. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness, rivers, in the desert, let us not be stopped by the old nature of who we were before we, we became adopted by Christ our Lord. Before him, we were dead. Living day after day in sin, not knowing that a life, that a, that a life without Jesus, the pay, it was going to be eternal death. Not knowing that. But now the, that's why he says, do not remember those things. Do not remember those ways. What I got you from. 
You're not living that way. You're living in me. Amen. I'm living in you. Amen. My river flows. My power flows in you. See, we should, not, we should remind ourselves that the way we walk now, we walk in newness. Newness. Amen? Amen. I understand that sometimes that, that this port, that first portion was about the will, understanding what happened to Nicodemus, what happened to the woman of the well. Amen? Amen. We, understand, we understand our position. We took position. The prophecy said to take position, to take hold of his word, of his living word, to trust in him. We cannot put our trust in man or on man at all whatsoever. It'd be foolish to do so. It will be foolish. Well, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get disappointed. You're going to feel offended real quick. It doesn't take that long. But if you put your faith, you put your eyes on Jesus, you trust him, not with some parts, but with everything that you are, Amen. he will never forsake you. He's never going to fail you. And he's going to see you through, even at those moments that you feel that you are at that desert. He will make the road. He will pave it. And he's going to build you up. He's going to renew your strength. He's, through that desert, as you walk through it, he's going to increase wisdom, understanding, and discernment. Amen? That's going to increase. Don't think that those circumstances is just to, to um, feel weary he said that we have to pray for everything and not worry about anything. Amen? Amen. You know, when we come to... It's getting a little hot. A little thirsty, excuse me. We need to come to pray. That when we come to pray, is to worship Him, is to seek Him, yeah. is to ask, "What's Your will, Father? What do You want me to do in this situation that I am right now, Father?" When we come before Him. This is part of the conditioning of prayer, okay? Try to make myself clear here. Conditioning of prayer. The enemy is at the battle of the mind. He's, that's where the battle is, of the mind. He always wants to fight on your prayers. How many times do you find yourself that you want to get alone, you want to, you want to pray, but the obstacles, the thoughts, there's two things, the outside 
and what's inside of us. What's on the outside, the distractions, the cell phone, the many things, um, any electronics, even, even family. That could be a distraction. That's why it's important that when we're going to pray, we need to focus, have a mindset of being focused. And when you come, it tells us in Matthew 6.6, 6, this is when you this is what you do when you come to pray. But you, when you pray, going to your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Amen. Now when he says shut the door. You came into that room and you got to shut the door. What are you going to have to shut the door to? Right? So to me, I understand that if I'm shutting that door, that means I need to be intentional about my prayer. I need to be intentional to talk to that. I need to be intentional. So I need to schedule a time to pray. And he should be on the top. He should be my priority to pray to conversate. He says, shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees you in the secret will reward you. So as you come in, you got to come with your heart, a thankful heart. Be thankful for everything that he's done for you everything that he has provided, everything that he has sees you through already. You need to know, you need to, you need to let him know your requests. But in the same manner as you, it's important. He knows what we need. He knows every thought. He knows if you're going to move to the left, to the right. But he delights for you to have a relationship with him. He delights to hear your voice. Your heart. See, faith has to have action. We have to speak. We need to be audible. There's no way to receive Christ just being silent and quiet. If you're able to speak, Romans 10.10 10 tells that we believe it in our heart, but we have to speak it out. That Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. That he died and he resurrected to the, on the third day. Amen. Amen. We have to speak it out. Amen? So when you, you already walk into your room, you're in that closet, you already shut the door. Now, that was the natural door. That was just the natural, the room that you shut down, that you shut the door. Now, we got to practice to be silenced. We have to practice, that's the hard one, <laughs> to be Silent, to be quiet, to shut down the thoughts. Because right at the moment where you're about to speak, you're about to put a request, you start thinking about your work, you start thinking about your daily things in life. To those that we have children, there's where our thoughts go. My son, 
my daughter, their school. And you can just keep thinking and thinking and thinking, but we need to practice to silence that completely. Completely. I'm not saying for the entirety of the prayer time that you need to be quiet. But if we're always speaking, at what moment are you going to listen to what the Spirit wants to tell you? We need to be respectful. Another thing that, another key to it, that when you go in, you need to acknowledge. What are you doing? You need to acknowledge that you are going there purposely and inviting the Holy Spirit to come into the scene. And when you're in there, Philippians 4, 6, 7 tells us, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which is her path, is all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, how many of us, when we're in that prayer room and we were already quiet, we were already silent, and once we spoke everything that we had in our heart, our worries, our things to do, Father, you know, first of all, I just wanted to tell you that I repent from saying these things. I repent for these thoughts that came to my head that I, I, I thank you that I spoke them out, but you heard me. You were listening to what I was thinking. Did you know that at, at that point when, when, when you get offended real easily, it says, um, it tells us that when we come to him, remember, we got to forgive those that offended us. We can't, we, we have to. Amen. It's for your benefit. Amen. And when we do it, that's when we know we're doing God's will. But he, he tells us to forgive others. Amen. Not only that we forgive others, we, got, we, have, we have to learn to forgive ourselves. Amen. After we spoke everything that was in our heart, everything that was in our mind, what happens? His peace starts to arise. His peace descends and it starts to overtake you. That peace, His peace, His love. How many of us, when we're in that point, we're like, oh, he heard me, I feel good, time to go. <laughs> I done it. <laughs> I used to do it many times, like, oh, I already spoke my mind, I already told him what I was. I feel good now, I got the goosebumps, time to go. <laughs> but did you know that's where it barely begins? It's barely the beginning of your prayers. You got to press in even more because he wants to take you deeper. How many times do we ask him, God, can you rebuild this to me? Can you rebuild what's taking place? Can you help me to discern what the enemy is doing? What, what, what's hitting my family? What's hitting my kids? Why am I getting at work? Why am I getting hit? But if you don't stay in that prayer moment even deeper in a silence way, then the only thing that we are helping is to de delay what we're asking for. You're going to receive it. We're all going to receive what we're asking for. 
But the more that we practice to listen to his voice, the quicker we will step into receiving what we ask him for. Amen. Amen. Here's a, a Bible verse that backs up his perfect peace. Isaiah 26, 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stay on you because he trusts in you. Amen? Amen. So remember, to be focused when we enter into that closet room, we need to be focused. We need to be silenced. We also need to not let him know our prayer requests. Yes? The other thing we have to do is worship him. And that's one of the things that when we do corporally here, we worship him. I thank God for Lamar. He, he, he leads us to the throne of God as he worships. And those lyrics come forth as he's singing. I, I can see many of you entering into the presence because you recognize that he is here for you. You know that you are worshiping. You know that you are pouring your heart onto him. Remember when I was talking about tithes and offerings, that it will cost our life, that it costs our blood? It has, to be, it has to cost us something. Remember the women, the, the woman who, I believe it was Mary, when Jesus came, he, she got to her, his feet. And broke that expensive perfume. He just broke it, poured it, used her hair. Judas was mad. He was upset. I'm like, that thing was worth a whole year worth of, you know, the money. Why did you do it? You know, I can I can only imagine what rise up on him. But it was a love of money, for him, for this, for his side. But for her, she you know it was a sacrifice. And where, where did she do it? At Jesus' feet. To me, it's a sense of worshiping him, prostrating before him, getting to his feet. Amen? Many times we ask ourselves, how do we start praying? In Matthew 6, 9, 13, the Lord's Prayer, I know everybody knows this scripture. He says, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory of for forever. Amen. See, when we come to that to pray, to talk to him, our mindset has to be that when we pray, he's listening. That when we pray, we recognize him as our father. Jesus said it. Our father. 
See, sometimes we think we have to get in that position of praying to connect with God. We're, we don't do that. We pray because we are already connected to him. How are we connected? The moment we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord, our Savior, his blood, he sees his son in us. That's why you know, that's how I know that we are already connected. That's why you pray from that position, positioning yourselves that in that very moment when, you got, when we got adopted by him. Amen. Yes. Amen. And this prayer wraps the teaching part of in everything that is commanded that we are to do in his will. Recognize him as our father. Glorifying his name. Exalting his name. Worshiping his name. What are we asking? That his will would always be manifested in our lives. And those for our kids, for our family, for our neighbors, for our work, that his will be done and not ours. Because his will is always perfect. Yes. Amen? Yes. And it will always build you. It will always restore you. It will always renew you. The daily bread that we ask for is that, is that wisdom that we lack of, is that understanding that we didn't have before. There's many things I find myself at work that I don't know how to do the things. I have no idea, no clue that I think it's going to be complicated. But before I even show up, as Father, I need your wisdom. I need to understand what needs to be done. I need you to give me, a, give me the tools how to resolve the issue. Allow me to discern what's taking place. Allow me to, believe me, I grab the, the, the spiritual and I bring it to the natural and I apply it. Even in the things that I do at work. Not just to break down the strongholds that, that is coming against me or my family or for those who call you and say, can you pray for me? I mean, his wisdom and understanding is unlimited. And it can be applied to any part of your life. Not sometimes, but all the time. Amen? Amen. And it keeps telling, and, and, it, and it shows us that we have to forgive. Yes? yes. <laughs> and because we abide under his presence, under his shadow, is what keeps us away from the enemy. Yeah. See, the love that he has for us, he's always going to let us know. He's always going to show he's never going to forsake you. Yeah. He is faithful. Yeah. He's going to turn around the situations, the circumstances. Sometimes we ask him, Take this cup away from me. But not even Jesus said that. He said that, let your will be done unto me. You know, sometimes we don't want to go through the circumstances because they seem to be very hard, very difficult. But even at the hardship 
of that situation that you're going through, you know what's stronger? His glory. His glory is going to be manifested even bigger. It's going to overcast, overshadow what's taking place. For us, is to recognize that it is taking place. And that, and that pushes us to testify of his love, unfailing love. Amen? Amen? When we pray, we need to have faith. Amen? Thank you, Father God. You are so good, Father. Yes, Father God. Another, another way to see our prayer um, conditioning is this, by the testimony of Mary and Martha. If we look at Luke 10, 38, 42, it says, Mary and Martha worship and serve. Amen? It says 38. It says, Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she would approach him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, 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 you are worried and troubled about many things. But the one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen to do, to do cho chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. See, many times we focus on, focus on that type of attitude, like Martha. But Lord this, but Lord that. But did you hear this? Did you? Right? So many times we're getting to that transition. But we need to understand that, that when Jesus comes into the scene, our focus should be completely on him. Amen. We shouldn't be worried about the cares of the world. The world is not, not going to offer you anything that is going to benefit you. But Jesus, right now, he's preparing a dwelling place for you in heaven. Amen. So, I encourage you to always focus your eyes on Jesus and not on the circumstances. I encourage you to look for God's will in your life. Another thing that he reminds us is that we need to be faithful. We need to be faithful when we pray. That we don't only do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, but that we do it every day. I know we're not perfect in the natural, 
but he makes us righteous. His blood covers us. And you know, when, when, you, when you actually decide, I'm going to get to pray Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then you forgot about Friday, Saturday, and then you miss Sunday service. When comes Monday, sometimes you feel like, oh, he's not going to like me. He's not going to hear me. I have fallen back so much that I got to work it again, build it up, and keep back in good standing with God. But it's not true. That is a lie of the enemy. Because when you open your mouth to talk to dad, when you say, Father, I need you. Father, I'm seeking you. He says we have to seek the kingdom of God first. We're seeking him back. When I think about praying, talking to him, calling him, and do not focus on like, I missed a day, or I missed a service. I think about the prodigal son. See, when you start talking to that, he rejoices, and he has his arms. He wants to welcome you back. He's ready to come and embrace you. He's ready to come and put his covering. He's ready to come and put that ring in your finger. He's ready to come and put those sandals so that you walk in perfect peace and his love and his understanding. There was, there was a time when even the disciples couldn't even stay awake one hour just to pray, just to keep watch. And they spent three years with him. So they knew what he did. He knew, um, he knew, they knew what needed to take place. They knew that it cost a price. They knew that you had to spend time in order for you to receive, in order to know God's will in your life. But you cannot, we cannot allow the enemy to convince us that because we miss one day, we have to build it up. This is not about making points. This is not to go another step. If you miss another day, you're not going to drop three steps down. Earlier, we took position that by faith, we're standing with him. And his blood covers us. And calls us just, righteous. You are his, you are his son, his daughter. Amen? Amen. God is good. All the time. God is good. So to find these keys, if I skip a scripture, i like to give them to you so that you have them. And that you can go back to them. It's not a long list. It's a short list. Okay. It's Matthew 6.6. 6, Philippians 4.6.7. Isaiah 26.3. Matthew 6.9-13. Luke 10.38-42. Hebrews 4.16. And Matthew 26, 40, 41. 
Amen. I'd like to finish with scripture that is found in John 15, verse 1 through 8. And he reads, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. That he may bear fruit, more fruit, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire. And they, they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. And it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified. That you bear much fruit, so you will be my my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. So our command is. is, is is to abide in his commandments, in everything that he asks us to do. Can we turn to, to Mark 16? Sixteen fifteen, chapter 16, verse 15. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who will believe. In my name they will cast out demons, and they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything daily, I will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. That's his commandment, that we go out to the nations, preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick. Sometimes we are eager to go to the nations, but we need to start in Jerusalem. We need to start in our house. You know who we start with? With the one in front of the mirror, you know, laying. <laughs> no, seriously, that's what I do. I have to. We we get. It's an honor for everyone who is here that we get asked to pray for you, that you get asked to pray for someone. 
But even this decade, the year we started with consecration, we need to consecrate ourselves to the Lord. Amen. We need to follow his commandments. And we need to understand that if we don't abide in his branch, part of his vine, we can do nothing. There's no fruit. There's no fruit that will come out of us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Father, I pray, Father God, that this word, your word, Father God, your living and truthful word, Father God, continues to abide in everyone who is here tonight, Father God, that you, that you increase, Father God, your wisdom, understanding, and knowledge in their lives, Father God, that, you, that your favor is shown in their lives, Father God, that we recognize you, Father God, at every moment in our lives. That you are present, Father. That you are moving. That you are making a way. That you are making those roads. That your water is flowing in us, Father God. Father, I thank you, Father, for tonight's message, Father God. I, I thank you, Father God, that you command us, Father God, to pray, to come to that secret place where you abide, Father God. That you are waiting for us. That you, that you incline your ear at all times. And listen to our voice, Father God. Listen to our spirit, Father God. Thank you, Father, for who you are, Father God. You are mighty, Father I know that you do the impossible right after we do the possible. Right after we do and declare everything that is in our, in our means in the possible way, Father God, you do, the, you do the impossible in our lives, Father God. I thank you, Father, that your Son, Jesus Christ, Father, it's our Lord, our Savior, the way, the life. He is the Christ. He is the groom to the to the bride that you are that you are forming, that you are building for him, Father. We are his gift unto him, Father. Father, to you be all the glory and all honor, Father God. You deserve all the glory and all the honor, Father. I pray, Father God, that everyone who is here to hear, Father God, has heard your love, has heard your voice, and that you release every provision, and that you are meeting every need in their lives, in the spiritual area, Father God, in the spiritual lives, as well as in the natural, Father God. I thank you, Father God. Thank you tonight, Father God, that as, as we... Take, Father God, this moment, Father God, to bless you back, Father God, with our lives, with our sacrifice, Father God. We put in this envelope, Father God, our finances, Father God. We sow unto your kingdom, Father God. We don't do it unto men, Father God, but we put it on your, your kingdom, Father God, because it will bring profit to your kingdom, Father. Father, release, Father God, promotions, Father. Release and increase in the finances, Father God. Father, decrease and even take them to a zero. All, all, any debt that is holding them back, Father God. I ask you to wipe it out, Father God. 
Wipe it out, Father. Father, I ask you to bless, Father God, every household, Father God, every heart that is here represented, Father God, that you destroy, Father God. You, re you rebuke the enemy, Father God. Command him, Father God, to return everything that he has stolen from our lives, Father God, everything that he has stolen and wrecked, any financial, Father God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father God. For, you, for we know, Father God, that these finances, this tithing, this offering, Father God, goes unto to your land, your soil, and it's fertile soil, Father God. I bless it, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Father. Thank you, Father God. Amen, Father. Amen. Thank you. So to those who are still in the live stream, I just want to, we want to thank you here at Genesis. We want to encourage you to go back to the live stream at EncounterGenesis.com. Look for the videos, for the teachings. And remember, we, you can also find us at TikTok. Amen. So I just want to bless you. The Lord keeps you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.